So just really excited. So we've been following all these uh, disciplines of a Christian life and everything else. And again, just like Trish um, prayed that it's not things that we check off the list, but it's things that helps us to be become more like Christ. Um, and so today we want to we want to um, look into Sabbath. What is Sabbath? How do you do Sabbath? Why is Sabbath is important and everything else? So um, we're going to start off with just kind of diving into uh, what God has spoken about Sabbath with the word uh, spoke about Sabbath, what Jesus taught about Sabbath and then uh, how we can take this learning and take it into our everyday life because I don't want to just be theological without having something that we can hold on to. Um, so so just really quick, Sabbath started in Exodus Exodus where where uh, the when the Ten Commandments was given and uh, God speaks speaks about it in uh, Exodus 20 um, verses 8 through 11. So this is the list of the Ten Commandments. This is God gives Moses the Ten Commandments. So this is the the they've spoken. You know, he starts off with um, the commandments about him. He is the only God. You should not have any other ones. I'm a jealous God. Do not make any idols. Um, so he speaks, and then right after that, in uh, verse eight, he talks about the Sabbath. So it says, "Remember the Sabbath day." by keeping it holy six days you shall labor and do all your work but the seventh day is a sabbath to the lord your god on it you shall not do any work neither you nor your son or daughter nor your manservant or maidservant nor your animals not nor the alien within your gates for in the six days the lord made the heavens and the earth the sea and all that is in them but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath uh, day and made it holy. So we just wanted to pause on that verse just so that way it hits us home that it is very, Sabbath is a very important. The Sabbath is, a, is part of the commandments that's been given to us, right? We can talk about the 613, 13, right? 613 uh, rules that, uh, that, the Old Testament has given us in, the, in Deuteronomy and Levit Leviticus and everything else, but these are the commandments, right? So th those are some, something very important to us. So for him to start off, um, to start off with the Sabbath, it means something. The then you could go look at it. I wanted to go to Exodus thirty-one, verses twelve and thirteen. And here it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, You must observe my Sabbath. And the, I love this part. This will be a sign between me and you for the duration to come. So, so you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. So Sabbath is not just a commandment, but it's also a covenant that isol not isolates, identifies us as his people. And the greatest thing about the Sabbath, the time of rest, the time of peace, I love how it says that 
Uh, and then it says, so you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. So because you are taking Sabbath, I am making you holy. There's nothing that we're doing. He's actually the opposite. He's saying, stop doing things. And that's how I'm going to separate you to make you holy. I, th I thought that was a very important aspect of it because for us, when we look about Sabbath, there are people like, yeah, my Sunday is my Sabbath. I go to church and, and I serve and I and I read the word and I, I do all. I'm a deacon. I'm a I'm do this. And that's how I'm going to become holy because I serve on the seventh day. And uh, again, I don't want to, I don't want to hold on to like, the seventh day or the sixth day when is the sabbath it's just more of like like we try to do a lot of things to be holy and he's saying like just for you keeping sabbath pausing your really busy life i make you holy you mm -hmm. don't make yourself holy i make you holy so that that was an important thing and uh again verse 14 they <laughs> 14 he God kind of reminds why it's important, how he, how how important he feels about. It. He says, "Observe the Sabbath, because it is holy to you. Anyone who desecrates must be put to death. Whoever does any work on that day must be cut off from his people." That's some serious stuff. And uh, they they talk they talk about in Numbers. There's a guy walking around. He went to get wood for the fire. And they found found out about it, and they they seek the Lord like, hey, what should we do with them? The whole the whole group community should stone them. Okay. Like for gathering firewood. Like, oh, you so you serious about this? You know what I mean? Yeah. So this was a very powerful powerful statements and teachings uh, by God uh, in the Old Testament in the time where the nation of Israel is being built as God's people. And I know this is like very like, let me let me hit you in the mouth with, you should do this and there's payment if you don't, it's all the way to death, right? Did you want me, oh, okay. So I wanted to share, so when, when the Lord is teaching the Israelites about the Sabbath and, and again you know we, we really want to unpack because I feel like sometimes people are like there's this common thinking in the in the Christian church like well that's the Old Testament mm -hmm. that's the law like we're not supposed to do that um, and there is truth that under grace and through what Christ has done we have freedom and and, and you know we're not supposed to live according to the law but he didn't abolish the law he mm -hmm. came to fulfill it and so there are certain things that Sabbath was instituted, maybe you can look this up, I can't remember it, but he says that it's it's an eternal, um, Sabbath is one of the only commandments that, that God makes very clear, is an eternal commandment. So it's to perpetuate through all, so it, it didn't just stop with the death and resurrection of Jesus. The Sabbath keeping is something that God still expects us to do. And there's a whole lot to that. Uh, you know, my husband and I were even talking about the fact that uh, this over this Resurrection Sunday from Good Friday to Resurrection Sunday, we were talking and I, I realized that uh, in between Good Friday and what we celebrate as Sabbath, which is not Sabbath is 
Saturday. It's Friday night, Saturday night. But Christians, because Christ resurrected on Sunday, we decided that moving forward, we would celebrate and gather together on Sundays instead of Saturdays. But the tra biblical tradition of Sabbath is Friday night to Saturday night. And again, we're not under the law, so you don't have to like, oh, oh, it's Friday night. If God leads you to do that, praise God, we support you. But this is not the Seventh-day Adventist denomination, so we're not going to be legalistic about that. But it's important to have that understanding because of this point. So Christ died, right, Good Friday, and then Sunday came and there was resurrection. In between was a Sabbath. In between, God had already instituted this period of waiting, of being still, of trusting in the Lord. And the really amazing part is God knew, it's not that Jesus somehow magically manipulated Judas and the people around him to orchestrate that the Last Supper and his death and resurrection would all happen on certain holidays. That's not how the story unfolds. God is sovereign. God knew and when he instituted the Passover, when he instituted the Sabbath, he knew what his son would do. So he divinely appointed those times since the creation and the foundation of the world. So that when Jesus passed away, his disciples already had a practice of Sabbath keeping. So in the darkest moment in human history, they had the space to cry and grieve and they didn't have to go to work and they were able to gather together and receive the, the word of fellowship. Um, there was already a space for what they're supposed to do between the now and the not yet. And guess what? We're living in the space between the now and the not yet. Yes, Jesus already resurrected, but his second coming hasn't happened. And this is why Sabbath keeping is not something that we just throw away with the dishwater, right? Or the bath water, whatever the saying is. It's something that we, we need to learn from because it creates that space uh, for the in-between. It's that space we've been talking a lot about, you know, slowing down our rhythms, simplifying life, learning to listen as we pray, learning to let God speak and our worship is a response. And it's very, very countercultural to not only the the modern Christian church, but to American society. Sabbath keeping goes completely opposite to American society. And I want to just share this text because when God was teaching the Israelites how to practice the Sabbath, this story will give you a little bit of insight into what I mean about it being countercultural. So while they were in the wilderness, God sends them manna, right? Every day. And it says each morning, if you want to follow, this is Exodus chapter 12. I mean, I'm sorry, Exodus chapter 16, verse 21. I don't know where I just went backwards on that. Not 12 at all. Chapter 16, verse 21. It says, Every morning, everyone gathered as much manna as they needed. And when the sun grew hot, the manna melted away. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omers for each person. And the leaders of the community came and reported to Moses. He said to them, This is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. So they saved it until morning as Moses commanded. And this time it did not stink or get maggots in it. Again, if you're familiar with the story, 
if they tried to hold on to it, it would spoil and rot. And it says, eat it today because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any manna on the ground today. Six days you are to gather, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any manna on the ground. Nevertheless, some people went out on the seventh day to gather, but they found none. The Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commands? Bear in mind, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. This is why on the sixth day, he gives you enough bread for two days. Everyone is to stay where he is on the seventh day. No one is to go out and the people must rest on the seventh day. So there is this illustration that God is creating a culture of people who, one, realize our limitations. As human beings, we are creatures. We are not gods. We are not many gods. We're not going to ascend into godlike status. That is not who we're created to be. And this is a false teaching that has worked its way into a lot of churches. We are created beings who depend on God for our daily bread, right? The second thing is, is that this teaches people to, one, to know their limitations, two, to depend on God, and three, it goes against the American consumerism our greed our culture it's you got to step on someone to get ahead mm -hmm. you gotta you know make every hour count you skip your lunch you work through dinner you take that saturday shift and i'm not saying this in judgment this is we've all been there right and you gotta get ahead you gotta keep up with the joneses right so there's the daily grind and it's like i don't have time I don't have the luxury of a day off. I don't have a luxury of a day of just resting. And we feel this pressure to always be efficient. And even the day off, what do we do? We pack it with activities. <laughs> Our kids have sports activities, music lessons, whatever, you know, or we fill it with church stuff. That's what my husband was saying. The church is, has perpetuated this false teaching. And so it's like, okay, well you work your Monday through Friday job, but then Sundays are for the Lord and you serve mm -hmm. the Lord. So you show up and you work maybe three, four, five services, whatever, as a greeter or a deacon or whatever. And we, we've lost touch. Mm -hmm. So Sundays have become another day of work. Yeah. It's a different type of work, but it's still work. And so this goes totally countercultural to American capitalism where it's all about, you know, getting that dollar getting that bottom line, getting that promotion, buying that property, you know, whatever, whatever it is, getting that credit card debt taken care of, whatever we have, Amen. having credit card <laughs> debt to begin with. <laughs> so we, we all have our stuff. Um, and this story is just an illustration of, of what God is saying. He, he says, we have to trust in him to provide. And part of being set apart as holy is to understand that we have to be different. Yeah. So that may mean that you you can't get that report done or you can't sign up for that activity or you can't take on. And it also means structuring your life the other six days out of the week yeah. so as to allow a day of rest. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that is, again, very countercultural because that means 
that we have to make preparations. And it doesn't mean to the extreme of like, you can't turn on a light switch because that's considered work. That's not what we're saying here. We're saying to create the space. I just, real, real quick, and then I'll hand back to my husband because I'm just feeling like to go there. Go Exodus chapter three, okay? Moses is out in the field. He's tending to the flocks. And all of a sudden, he sees this burning bush, right? And he has this encounter. He has no concept of who God is. He has no concept of the people of Israel. Like he, he knows that there's Israelites in slavery, but he doesn't understand what God is trying to do. And the first thing that God, God calls him by name and he says, Moses, Moses. Moses says, here I am. And God says, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place where you stand is holy ground. And then he says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And this may seem disconnected, but it helps us to understand what it means to be holy. So if we are holy and the Sabbath is holy, this is where we encounter God. We've been saying it's really, really hard to make that time throughout the week to hear from God with all of the chaos, with all of the noise. But if you set up the discipline and the routine and you have a day where you just slow down and you don't have worry or stress or anxiety because the day centers around that space with the Lord. And, and it's not meant to be done in isolation. It's meant to be done in community. That, that you have that space to ground yourself for the rest of the week. And it's, it's holy, it's sacred. He tells him to take off his sandals because the sandals, the only place you would take off your sandals was in your home. So he takes off his sandals because this is, when, when, it, when you're in the holy presence of God, there is no work. Hmm. It's just be still and know that he's God. And there's a stripping off of your identity. There's a stripping off, like on, on the Sabbath day, you are not your title. You are not your career. You are not, you are just a child of God. And it's, it's just this beautiful thing that God created that we need to rediscover in our lives. Not because of the checklist, guys. Mm. I'm just going to keep saying that. Mm -hmm. Not because I grew up my whole life and I have to go to church and church is what I'm supposed to do. Come on. But because it's meant for you. It's supposed to be a space where you can breathe where you can be known, where you can take off all the masks and the facade mm -hmm. and you can be loved and embraced, not only by God himself, but by others who are on the journey with you, where you don't have to labor and strive, where there's a table that's prepared for you mm -hmm. without stress and time limits. Mm -hmm. The Sabbath is meant to be a space where you're not on a schedule or a clock or a time where you remember that God is outside of time and that it's a glimpse of eternity that one day we'll be in heaven with God and there will be no alarm clocks. There will be no clocking in and clocking out at work. There'll be no bedtimes. There'll be no, none of that. It'll just be his, he calls it his Sabbath rest. 
that we'll be able to enjoy the goodness of all that God has made without working so hard, without trying to perform, Amen. not having to impress anybody. That's totally not in our notes. I'm sorry. No, it's good. I can go. Yeah, really. Let me follow up on that one. <laughs> so, um, I was going to go into Isaiah, but I, I like it. So, Isaiah 58. If any time you want to get a really good study about fasting and praying and all that good stuff, Isaiah 58 uh, is definitely one of those chapters. Um, especially fasting. Like when people are like, oh, I'm going to fast. I'm like, all right, we'll read Isaiah 58 and you will know what fasting really is. Uh, but what I wanted to share just really quick, Isaiah 58, 13 and 14. Uh, stick with us, Sabbath. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight, and the Lord's holy day honorable. And if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father, Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. And I really like that. And I really like that aspect of it. I think we, those of you who are, who are reading through Psalms, we just read Psalm 119, and he talks about how I delight in your commands, I delight in your precepts, I oh how how I enjoy knowing your commands, like over and over. I mean, 174 verses out of the 174, I think he said 100 times how much he delights in the Word, and he's saying he's delighted because it's such a joy. And here he's talking about if you find delight in the Sabbath. If you find joy following the Sabbath, then he's like, you will also find joy in the Lord. It's, it's He will cause you to write. He will feast on inheritance. He has so much for you. And I think uh, the, these powerful words go exactly with what uh, Jesus speaks in Mark. In Mark chapter 2, I'm sorry, uh... Yeah, 2, 24 to 28. You know, um, the Pharisees said to him, look, why, why are they doing? Here, I'll start from the beginning. On the Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields and his disciples walked along the began to pick some heads of grain. Mm -hmm. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answers, have you never heard, uh, never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abithar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Now here's the key, which is really important for us to hold on. This is what's going to bring the Old Testament to the New Testament. Uh, what we've been sharing this whole time to our life is where he says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is the Lord even of the Sabbath. We need to realize that the Sabbath, again, it's not something that's going to limit us, but it's going to bring us closer to God. It's for us. It's it's for our holiness. It's for our joy. It's not something we are got to be like, oh man, there's another Christianese thing that I have to do. 
No, it's 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 a blessing. Just uh, just like following his decrees is a blessing to us. You know where where it says warning, don't go past this speed on this curve, and we're like, ah oh, man, they're limiting me. And they're like, no, if you go faster than fifty, you're gonna flip and go into the into uh, the forest or whatever. Yeah. Like there's a reason why there's a law there, and we're like, ah oh, man, there's. They're putting, putting, putting all these laws. Yeah, they don't want us to have fun. And God is the same way. Like, you're working so hard. Just take that Sabbath. It's for you. It's to benefit you. At that point, you're going to have to, we'll actually have time to breathe in, breathe out, and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for all that I have. Thank you that I was able to accomplish all the things that I needed to accomplish in those six days and if i didn't i guess they didn't need to be accomplished uh, in the and we go from there but it's it's really important jesus really hit that in the head and like for them uh for pharisees when they when they hear this they're like oh how could you go against sabbath and he's like you guys are missing out you guys are absolutely missing out and he teaches about sabbath so many times because he heals on the sabbath i think two or three times for what i remember you know and they're like so up up about it and he's like you're forgetting love you're forgetting mercy you're forgetting um justice that's what sabbath is not you know i can't turn on the lights or i can't pick up the mat are you kidding me this guy's been it only walks a certain number of steps steps you know like no <laughs> there's there's so much freedom in the sabbath and we make it so much rules I we think. turned it back yeah. into work yeah. Mm. Yeah. And we're guilty of the same yeah. thing today. Yep. Mm -hmm. We've turned again, the word Sabbath in Hebrew just means seventh. So the principle behind Sabbath keeping, you know, ideally, you know, in biblical tradition, it's Friday evening sundown to Saturday evening sundown. But that's just not necessarily realistic. The key is is that you have seven six days of activity and you take one full day to do things that just give you life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even mean that you have to, you know, check off, oh, it's, it's gotta be, I gotta just, you know, I gotta read 27 chapters of scripture <laughs> and yeah. I have to pray on the hour and I have to spend my entire day in church. That's not necessarily life giving. Yeah. And it may feel really selfish at first to practice this. But it's something that God created, again, that we would see that he built into the system. It's, you know, there's that old saying of work smarter and not harder, right? So they have proven scientifically that when the person who works a 10-hour workday and skips lunch and doesn't take any breaks is less effective than someone who works an eight-hour workday takes their lunch, takes their breaks, and maybe every 20 minutes or so gets up, stretches, goes for a little walk, comes back, because your mind has time to clear. So if your life feels like, I don't have time for a day of rest, I've got too much going on, I've got errands to run, I've got doctor's appointments, I've got bills to pay, I've got, yeah, we could just go, then we need to learn to work smarter, not harder, because we shouldn't be so exhausted mm -hmm. that we're burning the candle on both ends. Mm -hmm. That's not how God designed it to be. So if you, you're almost you're too busy not to take the day of rest yeah, yeah it's, it's that saying that if you don't take take a day off for uh for to be healthy you're gonna take off 
for to be sick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it's it's. I remember hearing that, and I was like, yeah, that's absolutely. Because there's so many times where I should take a day off and just to enjoy a day or just a day of stress or um, was a mental day, right? But but then I just push myself till I'm just sick. Right, and then, and then you have to, no choice. Yeah, now I have to take Right, so we don't want to get into the weeds of like, like here this book closes some questions. Does it, like questions that come up. Does it matter what day of the week we practice Sabbath? Can I have a floating Sabbath fitting wherever I can in a given week? Did Jesus teach the Sabbath as a practice for New Testament Christians? Does it have to be a full day or can it just be an afternoon or an evening? Can I shop? Can I mow the lawn? Can I, we start asking all these questions. And it's like, don't get caught up in that. The point of the Sabbath is to rest and delight in God and in God's good gifts. To take a day to, to heal, to center yourself, to, to bring order to you know, your body, your mind, and your soul. Um, so there were three things, these are just, if you guys want the points, three things that are essential that you need to exclude when you're practicing the Sabbath, and three things that are important to remember to include in your Sabbath practice. And the rest, again, we want to be led by the Holy Spirit. We want you guys to have, you know, if you start off and you're like, you know what, I'm just going to take like Friday evening, I'm going to take one evening a week where that evening is sacred and I just spend time with the family and we don't plan it and we play board games or whatever. That's Sabbath. That's Sabbath keeping. Yeah, I think the, the key is, is the mindset. Because Trish and I were talking about how that looks like, you know, because I don't want to just, I don't want to sit here and just talk about it, just biblical aspect and then how does it look like. So we were talking about how do you find rest? Because the way you find rest is different than that I find rest. Like I was telling her, I woke up yesterday early in the morning and I got into my garage and I worked on my bike for like three, four hours. So the first two, three hours, I was enjoying myself and I was, I was restful. And then the last hour, I was really frustrated. I couldn't some parts in. I was ready to throw, throw a couple of wrenches around. I was like, that's where I should have stopped because then it wasn't restful. So it's, it's, it's having that idea of like, yeah, let's do family game night. And then all of a sudden somebody busts out Monopoly and people are screaming at each other. All right, this is not <laughs> Sabbath anymore. You know, all right, let's, let's switch it up. But it's, it needs to understand that it's not a, should be, it shouldn't be a stressful thing. We're, and we talk about it, it's a community thing. Like, the, all right, let's have, pe let's have people over. All right, it's cool. And then it becomes stressful. Okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to eat? What, we got to clean the bathroom. bathroom yeah. Then it's, it's not Sabbath anymore. But if you <laughs> come, but if you come with an attitude of like, and let's we'll order pizza and we'll sit around, we'll have some coffee. That 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 attitude is what makes it a Sabbath. Mm -hmm. It's not exactly actually what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like they were talking about gardening. For some people, it's very relaxing. Not this guy. Like, I'm not going to be like, yay, let me pull some weeds. But like your mom, she she'll, she'll do it for two days straight. Just you, can, you know? It's very, very life-giving and therapeutic. Yeah. So it's just understanding. So it's, we don't want to get caught up in this is what you should and shouldn't do. It's it's your mindset. It's your just understand how you feel and how is, is it bringing you closer to God or is it taking you far apart? Are you is it bringing more frustration in your life yeah. uh, or are you ready to curse God? Mm. Right. So that that was actually the first point uh, is work. 
So what needs to be excluded from Sabbath? So you need to take one day ideal a week where there is no work. You are not working. Whatever that looks like. Errand running, cleaning the house, I don't know, cooking maybe, if that's stressful for you, yard work, whatever. And if it starts off, like you said, you know, tinkering with his motorcycle is a hobby. Great. But when you, so you might start a project, like maybe, I mean, sometimes for me, when the house is real bad, cleaning is therapeutic for me. But then it gets to that point where it's like, oh, no, no, I'm like stressed out. <laughs> then it's enough. Like mm. it's enough. You know, do a few things maybe. And when you feel it cross that line mm. to where it becomes work, then you know it's time to stop. So no work is the first part. The second piece of it is buying and selling, which is really interesting because I haven't heard many people talk about this before. So no Amazon. <laughs> I know, I'm just like, nope, no, but seriously, no, I wasn't. No, no <laughs> buying and selling. And the, the principle behind this biblically is that if there's no work for you, then again, if Sabbath is communal, by buying and selling on a Sabbath, we're creating work for someone else. So we have to not only honor Sabbath for ourselves, but we have to create space for other people to practice the Sabbath as well. So if I'm going to Costco or I'm going wherever and I'm doing these things, that means someone somewhere is having to break the Sabbath because of what I'm doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's and it's interesting because you have like things with people like Chick-fil-A and Hobby Lobby and uh, yeah. some other. This is not an endorsement. Yeah, but you we know, you know, with all of their opinions. Yeah, no, but I'm just <laughs> saying like some of the these Christian uh, businesses that have their conviction. And some people are like, oh, it's because they want their people to go to church on Sundays. I'm like, oh, maybe they just want to look at that. Like, don't be a consumer. You it's know? like, we're going to take a day and we're not going to make money on that day. Yeah. yeah which is very... And it doesn't, again, have to be Sunday. It could be yeah. Saturday. It could be. And then the third thing that needs to be kept off. You guys ready for this one? Yeah. Worry. Worry. Hmm. hmm. That's a hard one. Mm -hmm. So not just physical work, but emotional and mental work. So the Sabbath is no place to start working through your bills or your financial planning or talking about problems with the kids. It's you're supposed to abstain emotionally and mentally from any decision making, to do lists, planning, uh, anything that would cause worry or stress. So if it really needs to be done before work on Monday, it suggests that you save till like after sundown, maybe Sunday evening. Like if you if you decided that your Sabbath was gonna be from Saturday night to Sunday evening, this is actually what we thought, if whoever wants to join in it with us, that we would start like sundown to sundown, but Saturday evening to Sunday evening, and then our service times would actually be the close to our practicing of the Sabbath. It's like a celebration, celebration. that closes out. And so then you know, any business that has to be attended to can happen after core. You know, if we're done at 7.30 and out the door, you know, you, if you really need to make that Amazon purchase, whatever, <laughs> you can still schedule it. So those are the three things that cannot be within your Sabbath. So work, buying and selling, and worry. And I, I, I like just with worry because that was a big one for, for me. But I like it. it's it's not just worry, you know, sometimes we can't control it, but 
the whole thing of making plans and making decisions. I think that's something that we can hold on to for those 24 hours. Like worry sometimes, you know, Michael bumps his head. You worry, you know, it's one of those things, but it's the things that we can't control. It's, what were you saying? I, I, control the controllables. It's one, of those, it's one of those things where, yeah, do we have to make a decision about where we're what we're gonna have for dinner on Monday right now? No, we can wait till later on, or we should have made a decision the night before so it's not just like these uh in very high emotionals but it's just decisions itself oh yeah um you include uh resting the body like find a time where you can rest jesus took naps he did um, it's biblical <laughs> mm -hmm. jesus he's, took naps you know jesus took naps sitting sitting outside um, just taking a bubble bath. Yeah. Eating your favorite foods. Um, <laughs> he probably would have. Remember no. that time? That's not in there. When but he the was got baptized. <laughs> yeah, in the Jordan River. In the they Jordan just River. Added. <laughs> 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 no, but seriously, you know, <laughs> sleep, sleep in. Make it like yeah. I'm not getting out of my pajamas all day. Yeah. Like this is Sabbath keeping, guys. It's beautiful, you know, playing beautiful I took, yeah, music. Yeah, it's like Sabbath today, right? In the <laughs> afternoon. He did. He did. He was. I have a, if anyone wants to see, I have a quick video clip of my husband preparing. <laughs> he was he was practicing the Sabbath before service for I was an hour. Way he under a, a blanket. Awesome. He even said it as he did it. He like covered him. He's like, I'm gonna practice Sabbath keeping for an hour. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh uh, yeah. So yeah. So the the next one is replenish the mind. Mm. I don't remember what we talked about. <laughs> That's fine. I'm trying to read what so I wrote. So it says here specifically, our our quick go to in society nowadays when we think about relaxing our mind, right, is actually a distraction. Mm -hmm. Right. Video games, right. movies, technology, all of those sorts of things. So it's not that you shouldn't do them at all but that should not be the centerpiece of your Sabbath because you're not actually training your mind to rest. You're just distracting yourself. So resting your mind, you know, maybe reading a book um, that's like just for fun Whoa. rather than like Research. skill building, you know, uh, doing things, you know, taking time to pray or go for a walk, things that will calm your mind having fun conversation uh, you know just yeah anything that would be relaxing for your mind yeah and if social you, media is definitely not one of them yeah social media is definitely <laughs> not, not one, one of them, them. for sure yeah. so having that that space you know trying to practice these disciplines that we've been talking about mm -hmm. taking a small amount of time where you practice solitude or um, you know you you have that quiet time of prayer having meaningful conversation with your, you know, with loved ones, with friends over coffee. That's all Sabbath keeping. If you feel like you don't have time to get together with a friend, you know, when you have your Sabbath day, intentionally reach out to someone that you haven't seen for a while, a friend or family member, and make that your day to connect with them. Um, those are all things that are, whatever relaxes your mind. And then the third one is- The restoring the, the spirit. The spirit. So we have the body, mind, and the spirit. And the spirit, I think that those are the times when we practice our, um, what 
what's the word? Disciplines? Disciplines, thank you. Yeah, so solitude is going to be one of them. Praying, worshiping. Um, sorry. It, it talks a lot here about rituals and activities that create reverence for God. Mm. So reading a scripture together as a family, um, lighting a candle, and having some time together in prayer. Again, trying... Our thoughts sometimes when we think of Sabbath keeping is we think of like, oh, well, to have peace and quiet, I just need to be left alone. Mm -hmm. But Sabbath is communal. So having the ritual of, of doing things with community, especially other believers, is really central to Sabbath keeping. So if you want to restore your spirit, it's, it's that image of, we, I think we talked about a few weeks ago with worship where you know, the, you're this little flame and the wind all week and the storms threaten to flicker you out. But when you come together with other believers, it fans into flame and you're able to really more strongly sense the presence of the Lord and hear from God. So having that, that fellowship time in Christian community is an essential piece of Sabbath keeping. Mm -hmm. So that's why we were thinking, you know, ideally, as we try to implement this for ourselves... Um, you know, for us, again, you can make your own decision that we would try to honor it so that this time for us would kind of be the culmination for us of of our quiet time and of our Sabbath keeping. Um, but for you, you may say, you know what, I only got like from when core starts till I go to bed Sunday night. Whatever mm -hmm. works for you, remember these are disciplines that are for your health, for your benefit, mm -hmm. not something that God is sitting up there in heaven like, <laughs> she skipped another Sabbath. You know, like you didn't go to church today. Like that's not that's not what we're trying to do here, guys. That's, that's not the point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's it. Um, I want to just close with one scripture. It, my husband read up um, in Mark chapter two to the end of the chapter where he says, "The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath." But right after that, it says, Another time he went to the synagogue where a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal the man on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Jesus asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and said, Deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. He said, stretch out your hand. He restored the man's hand and it was completely healed. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. And I, the takeaway from that, like my husband was saying, is that the Sabbath, God designed it and commanded it for our benefit. It's for us to center our lives, to find groundedness, to discover our true purpose, um, to be more effective at love and at life and in ministry. And he says here, you know, because there's these debates over what's lawful on the Sabbath, they got real caught up. Like, what is it supposed to look like? Which day of the week, which, you know, what can you and can you not do? And he says, is it better to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? And preeminent in Jewish teaching is that above all else, you're supposed to save a life if you can, even if it meant breaking the Sabbath. That's part of Old Testament teaching. 
and they remain silent and that's why Jesus gets upset because he's like you've kind of put the cart before the horse right mm -hmm. because they were saying the law of the Sabbath that I have to go to church that you can only walk so many steps they put this yoke on everyone and that was more important than this poor man receiving healing and the whole point of Sabbath is our healing guys it's for physical emotional relational and spiritual healing so that all the wear and tear of the week you can take a day and you like there's no pressure like if you want to take a three-hour nap because that's what you need do it without judgment in fact god will be like finally <laughs> you know and suddenly you'll you'll get over the insomnia that you've been having because you'll find that rhythm and instead of it being something that we tack on to the end of our week it should be something that actually anchors the other six days out of the week 